Hello, everybody. Recording live from somewhere. Lord, Lord of mercy, all night Sunday central. Follow me now, you say, say, I think it's the rolling hip-hop. Say, Jay Rolls, it's the rolling hip-hop. Hello, listeners. Thank you for tuning in to the Created for Marketers by Marketers podcast. My name is Billy Louisu, and we've been working hard to find marketing topics which will help you level up your skills, and that will blow your mind. Today is episode one of season two, and the topic we'll be covering is the agency of the future. We'll be discussing creativity at the core, the importance of developing a more integrated offering, the shape of work that we'll be delivering, and of course, the people that make the magic happen. My guest for today is Michael Napolitano, Group Managing Director at DDB Melbourne. I've had the luxury of working with Mike when he was the Managing Director at TBWA. He's also worked at GPYNR and been in agency land for over 20 years. Some of the brands he's worked with include NAB, Cadbury, Schweppes, CUB, Foster's Corona, Danone, Yellow Pages, AFL, Nissan, Fonterra, Asahi, State Government, mate, it keeps going. So, Mike, are you there? I am. How are you, mate? Nice to speak to you. You too, mate. You too. Now, you've also had involvement in, in some awards at Cannes Lions, D&D, Effie's, 20 years in agency. It's, it's a length of time. I know. It's um. I uh, I don't look as old as I sound. I hope. <laughs> no, mate. No, mate. You definitely do not. So, mate, before we jump straight into it and discuss this, uh, the future of agencies or the agency of the future, should I say? Um, give us a little bit of insight on what is your favorite album and music you listen to. Well, favorite album. Um, one of my favorite albums, probably my favorite, is uh, is actually Powderfinger. It's uh, Odyssey Number no. Five. Um, you know, it's just uh, it, it probably came out at a time when I was uh, you know I was traveling, I was living overseas, and uh, yeah, it was just a really nice reminder of uh, of everything that I loved about Australia. So um, yeah, the the finger is yeah. um, is a, is a is a favored band of mine. Actually, funnily enough, when I was uh, living in New York. They um they actually came and toured and uh, did a did a show at the Bowery Ballroom um, in New York and uh, we managed to get in and uh, and have beers with them after the show on down oh, wow. in the bar and so it was pretty cool but um yeah they're a, they're a bit of a favourite of mine yeah and the Bowery is probably a pretty intimate setting too it's small enough to really immerse yourself in the music absolutely absolutely I've got the riff playing in my head from the happiness now the moment you bring up Powderfinger yeah, yeah. so you saw an Aussie band in in New York how crazy. Yeah, it's pretty cool. <laughs> so, mate, um, yeah, I look. I, I usually judge people on their music, but that's a good one. So I'm not going to judge it. That's 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 couldn't do much better, mate. One of the best Australian bands I've I've come across. So, mate, the topic today, you know, future of agencies. Uh, give me a little. I've given a brief intro on you, but I'd love you to give us a brief introduction on yourself, and more importantly, you know, personal and professional, and why this topic is so relevant to you. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, I've, as as you sort of said, I've spent twenty years plus in uh, in the sort of advertising, marketing, communication sort of space, and have you know have always been very passionate about the role of creativity in uh, in your own know, business, but also in in its uh, its a capacity to to shape you know humans and shape the world we live in. So I've always been really um, you know always thought a lot about you know my role in that as a as a sort of practitioner and uh, and someone that you know that, that loves it. But I think it then sort of starts to broadly sort of open up to you know how you how you think about your life and your family and your friends and 
you know, I think that that for mine is probably the, you know, if you ask me to sort of describe myself, that's probably, you know, I'd, I'd put it in that sort of uh, in that way, you know, husband, father, friend, workmate, like, and I bring all of those, those to my job every day. Um, and I think that's probably, you know, if I think about the topic of today, the, you know, agency of the future, um, it needs to be that it needs to have a humanity about it. I think it can't become um, this, you know, this sort of data only. It's all about the numbers. It actually mm. needs to needs to maintain its emotion. It needs to maintain its humanity. So, yeah, for mine, that's going to be a, you know, as I embark on this this new role of, uh, of leading the DW Melbourne Group, that's going to be a really important part of it. Is is making sure we keep the humanity because I think from that comes the best thinking, and from that comes growth for our brands and for the for the things that we've been charged to, to help grow so that yeah that's probably mm. for me a big part of it um certainly going forward um you know i think you know you, you've worked with me i'm i'm the sort of person that doesn't uh that tries not to take too much but always tries to give a lot and i think that is is you know people would sort of you know typically say that of me but i, I try to instill that in people i work with i've got three kids so i'd certainly you know I tell them about that all the time. It's how you show up. It's how you, you know, what you put in. It's not what you take out. You know, they're the sort of the, the premise mm. of life that I sort of live by. And I think that, you know, that hopefully that starts to sort of, you know, permeate through the relationships and the way that we work as a as, a, as an agency group, but also yeah. just how we live. Like it's just critically important. We've got to, you know, leave the place better than we found it. Yeah, 100%. And I, I like how you weave that into not just your work, but it's, it's, it's your value as a, as a human being. It's funny that quote, uh, you know, you know, interacting with humans, I think a quote that I saw around, are you B2C or B2B? Uh, and it said, I'm neither, I'm H to H, right? I'm human to human. Yeah. We, we totally forget that sometimes and yeah. the essence of everything we do. And yeah, I co mate, like working with you and working and during my time at TBWA, that was evident um, that, uh, you know, being a, a good human and the way we brought that into our brands really echoed through the agency. So, yeah, definitely. And I, you know, I think, you know, you are, you, it doesn't, doesn't cost you anything to smile and to be, you know, to be nice <laughs> and just to have a, you know, just to have a positive outlook on the world. You know, there's a lot of shitty things that are happening um, in our lives and around our lives, but, you know, you can choose to, you know, to wallow in it, or you can just choose, you know what, I'm going to try and see if I can help the person next door to me or help that person that looks like they need a hand. Like, I, I think that's, you know, I think that's also, that's incumbent on brands as well. Like as, as we, as we continue to sort of, you know, look for, for answers, I think brands have a really big part to play in doing that. So as the, you know, custodians of those brands as advertising professionals, I think we've, you know, we've, we've got a pretty, but a pretty important role to play in um, in helping those brands to realise their true potential and helping helping to be more human and, and create better humanity for us all. So, yeah, yeah that's what that's what we're working towards. But that doesn't mean that you need to do it in a way that that um, neglects all commercial reality and <laughs> neglects the fact that we need to be. You know, there needs to be a capital exchange here as well. Like there needs to be, you know, there needs to be um, growth in in a financial sense as well because that helps then fuel the next level of, of development and the next level of investment so that we can continue to, you know, to create a, a better, better place for us all. Mate. Yeah. Bang on. Bang on. Yeah. Creativity. It's one of those things when I, when I jumped in at TBWA and I worked in advertising land, it, it was, it, it can come across as like this, there's a bit of mystique to it, right? Like how is someone creative or how do you make sure an agency or the people in the agency all are breathing this, you know, this, uh, this creativity. 
you drinking the Kool-Aid, you mean? Drinking, yeah, yeah, drinking <laughs> the Kool-Aid. It's infectious, right? You know, thinking outside the box and just looking at how you can solve a problem from many different lenses. Yeah. You know, you had a quote where you say, you know, creativity is a force multiplier. I, I want you to just to give me an explanation. What is creativity? How does it exist within agencies? Can you give me a head, explain that to me? Yeah, I think, I think creativity is, you know, at, at its heart is something that we all have in us. You know, I, 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 you know, it's sort of, it's saddening to me if you, you meet someone, you say to them, you know, blah, blah, blah. And they say, oh, I'm not very creative. And it's like, well, you, you're missing the best part of being a, being a human because we're all, we all have creativity in us. Like that's just unlocking it, I suppose. There's, um, there's a great book that um, uh, um, that uh, Alex Wood Dalton and Russell Howcroft have just written, they've actually written two of them. And um, it's it's all about unlocking the creativity that's within all of us. We all have the capacity to think creatively. So, like I, I like to think that part of part of building a you know a strong agency and a strong group of, of individuals that work towards a collective goal, it's about unlocking their creative potential and helping them to see you know what potential they have as a as a creative sort of force. And that, you know, that comes back to, you know, big ideas, but it all comes back to, it also comes back to creatively thinking about how can we work together and how do we best optimise my skill and your skill together. And, you know, so mm-hmm. I think creativity um, and and its role in, in business and commerce is, is a really interesting one. You know, you talk about creativity as a force multiplier. Mm-hmm. I think if you think of a world where, you know, if we had commerce, but we didn't, we didn't have the ability to add creativity to that, to that commerce world. I don't think you'd have the sort of growth. You wouldn't have the sort of momentum that that um, we've seen in you know in the last sort of twenty or thirty years. You know, you think about brands like Apple. Well, if Apple didn't have creativity at the heart of its brand, it wouldn't be what it is today. You know, it's and that's not just about the creative work that was developed to sell those computers. It's actually thinking about the creativity that someone like Steve Jobs or a Wozniak had when they developed that that yeah. that proposition of Apple. So I think you know I think. What's probably needed most when we talk about creativity is actually just to open up the aperture and the lens a little bit and say, what does it, what, what is creative? What is creativity? It's not this sort of, you know, this very finite little box that has, you know, that, that's pictures and words and, you know, a nice jingle. I think it needs to be much broader. And I think, you know, again, things like, um, um, you know, Alex and, and Russ's book, uh, books that talk about how do we all become more creative? I think it's just, a, it's a way for us to, you know, to open up opportunity in all of our in all of our lives, but particularly for you know for creative agencies, how do we all think and be much more creative? Yeah, yeah, it's a, it's interesting um, having a look at the the process that we would underpin in an agency of uh, you know doing your discovery, doing your research, and understanding the customer problem or the business problem that we're going to solve, and then how you apply creativity to fix that. And some of the best work, I think happened serendipitously and it sometimes Mm. didn't come from these people with creative titles right it came from people throughout parts of the organization that just went to the shops that day and experienced something and it was that real human insight that people could relate to Um, you talk about as well like two basic philosophies that you look at when you are looking at hiring uh, in your organizations right you talk about um if someone says to you, I'm not creative, I think one of those questions you ask is, well, what do you do that's creative? Right? There's mm-hmm. Surely there's heaps of things, whether it's journaling or cooking, I mean, and you talk about aptitude or attitude over aptitude. Can you give me a little bit of an insight into those? 
Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, well, the first one, you know, certainly, you know, my role, I um, I meet a lot of people and, uh, you know, interview a lot of people and, you know, responsible for hiring a lot of people. So one of the things that um, that I've always been a great um, believer of, and, you know, probably from early early sort of jobs of my own where um, leaders that I had certainly had this approach and it was that, you know, I'd always pick attitude over aptitude. And I think if someone's got the right attitude, you can, you can help them and teach them a lot of things and you can unlock that potential in them. I think, yeah, you meet a lot of really, um, really smart people who, who believe that they already know everything and I think, and don't have the right attitude. And I think it's really hard to, to help them grow and to unlock more in them if they already think they know everything that there is to know. So I'd always pick attitude um, over aptitude. Um, it's nice to have, you know, both. If you can have someone that's got a great attitude and is super smart, then great. You, you've got the, you know, you've got the, the unicorn, the, the holy, uh, the holy trinity. But, um, but uh, yeah, my, my, my preference would always be to think about attitude. And then I think when you think about creativity, um, yeah, I think you need to, if you don't, if you don't believe in yourself that you have something creative to offer, that's fine. And I, and I get that, but I think you actually need to believe that there is a power in creativity, that creativity is a, as I said earlier, a force multiplier. You believe in the power of creativity. You believe in the power of ideas to help shift, you know, shift the way we think, shift the way we behave. And so I'd always look for that in, in people that I, you know, choose to bring into or that we choose to bring into the, you know, to an organisation that I work with. Um, I think it's really important. You have to, you have to believe in the power of creativity um, to to be able to do what we do. Otherwise it's just, you're turning up, you're punching a card, you're taking a paycheck and you really don't, you don't agree with the the reason or the why we're here to to do what we do. Yep. Mate, and Apple is such a great example you brought up earlier. Yeah. Not only do they live and breathe creativity, they create the tools for people to be creative, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Right. So, you know, the, the agency of the future, um, if, I, if I look at the different um, types of agencies that now engage with the business, right? There's your creative agencies and advertising agencies. There's your now your you know, some agencies who say they're just a digital agency and there's customer experience agencies and there's technology agencies. So one of the things that we speak about and and you kind of speak quite passionately about is the concept of integration, right? Being more, having a more integrated offering across the agency, but more importantly, knowing where you start and where it ends and not being everything to everybody. Yeah. How does how does the how does that work within DDB or how should you do you think that should work now moving forward in the world of agency? Yeah, absolutely. I think integration is uh, is a is a critical part of of the agency of the future. I think you know this there's, there's so many. If you think back thirty years ago, even just the number of channels and, and you know, media channels that we needed to operate in were just there were there was just there's so few of them compared to what we see ourselves you know, operating in today. And I think just by sheer you know, fact of that, the, the integration um, and being able to understand where a brand needs to work and in, in the, the environment or the ecosystem that needs to operate in is, is important. I don't think it's necessary though that you need to be, as, as I sort of said, everything to everybody. Um, you see a lot of agencies um, try to just, you know, fake it till you make it. Yeah, we'll just say yes to that and we'll, we'll get it in and then we'll work out how we're going to do it. And I think there's, <laughs> 
I think there's a power in that. And I think there's a, and that's what I probably love most about about the uh, advertising media com sort of world is that we have an absolute um, uh, total uh, belief in our in our ability to to be able to do the work or to find a way to get it done. And I think that's also what our clients love about us. We get shit done. But there's also uh, there's also a point at which I think you need to sort of try and be true to yourself and to particularly as a leader, you need to be true to the people that are around you and, and you know, not set them up for, to, for failure, but ultimately for success. So I think one of the important things is just knowing, you know, saying you're integrated and actually living it um, is, is important, but doing it in a way that's that's sort of truthful and that's um, transparent. Um, I think about, you know, what we're obviously, um, you know, what we do at uh, DDB, we've got very strong, um, you know, as a, as a DDB um, comms agency, very strong and have a, a large, you know, team that works works in that sort of field. But we also have specialist um, uh, skill sets as well with, you know, the likes of Tribal, which is, uh, which is digital and commerce. Um, and then we think about Track, which is very much around sort of data and precision, Mm-hmm. Um, and then Mango, which is more of a PR-earned offering. Now, they all sit within the DDB group, but they all offer very specialised sort of skill sets in, in their respective disciplines. And I think that's an important thing too, to, to make sure that our clients have, um, have the ability to be able to turn up their partnerships or turn them down. Um, and I think what, what I've always been a big advocate of is our clients don't need more complexity in their life. They actually need more simplicity. So less, you know, less people to have to deal with making that integration story more around how do we make it easier for our clients and more frictionless for them to get the results that they need. Um, you know, I've, you know, one of the, one of the things that um, John Castle, who, uh, who ran the Nissan business uh, globally, still does, um, at TBWA for many years, and he coined it as one throat to choke, and uh, <laughs> having having one person who ultimately is responsible. And I think that's what that's what a lot of you know a lot of clients are looking for. They're looking for, and again, it's not about aggression and throat to choke. It's about having one person right. who they can channel their you know channel the things that are that are they're most excited about, but also challenge challenge channel sorry the things through this this individual or this small group of the things that are keeping them awake at night that are causing them the most sort of distress and that they want help to solve. Yep. So that's, that's why I think this integration story is it's, it's a, a critical sort of, there's a critical difference between we do everything for everybody versus integration means we're creating a solution for our clients that just makes it easier for them to operate. I think the other thing on that integration story though, is also this idea of working with other partners and particularly with our clients um, partners in a world where you know we've got media agencies that sit outside of you know traditional agency structures some are coming in some are still outside but we've also got a lot of clients who have built internal structures um, and internal operations within their business where a lot of the sort of middle to lower funnel um, operations of their of their marketing and comms are happening internally so how do we show up as an agency um, partner and not be all territorial and grabby, but actually say, okay, how are we going to build a, a really strong partnership with their internal agency so that we can make the work and the end result the most powerful it can possibly be? That's, I think, the, that's when true integration and agency that truly understands integration is really firing on all cylinders for mine. And that's certainly what, you know, what we're, what we're um, continually building for clients at, uh, at DDB. Yeah, removing that, that, that bit of territorialism which you kind of oh. speak to right it's, yeah. it's so important and some of the um some of the best work comes from that level of collaboration totally. um, and being able to work with other parties and you mentioned uh there's a couple of points i could go for many tangents here and i'll, I'll just want to 
kind of highlight, you mentioned how many channels marketers used to interact with or yeah. customers interact with and now what we have is this explosion of channels, right? Thanks to the internet and digital. Yeah. Don Draper had a job of looking after four channels. Right? Yeah. Yeah. That's why he had so much time to smoke cigarettes and, uh, and drink whiskey. He was like, I don't care. He could get drunk at 11 o'clock in the day because he'd done all his work. <laughs> now we were born in the wrong era, mate. Um, mm-hmm. But, uh, and now it's this just like, well, where do, where do you, where does it stop? Right? Where do we focus? Where are the, you know, I hate to say it, but Gary V says, where are the mice? Where do the cats need yeah. to play? And that's what yeah. advertising is there to do. So the underpinning of that is collaboration. You know, you yeah. talk about high touch collaboration between the agency and the client. Um, and I remember you saying at uh, TBWA that this kind of let's reveal the work this ta-da moment isn't necessarily what the client wants. They want to be more involved. Mm. They want to, you know, be involved in the creative process and have this collaboration. Is that is that uh, how you're, you're continuing to, to work in, in DDB? Absolutely. I think uh, the the idea that we that we want to sort of take a, you know, I even sort of go back even further, like this whole idea of, of a linear approach to, to sort of marketing communications is it just feels so outdated and alien to, to me and certainly you know my peers that I work with in the industry so this idea that you would you take a brief you take it into the agency to go into this magic sort of place where you know it's you know hushed sort of tones and in the corner where you know people people would um, would come up with these ideas and they do it all in isolation and then there'd be as you said this ta-da moment where they they presented and the clients would ooh and ah and they'd clap and think it was let's just all just BS basically. Like that's just not how that's not how it works. And I don't think how it will work going into the future either. Like it's it needs to be more collaborative. I think we need to, you know, our clients, it's not just that our clients are asking for it. I think it, it makes the work better as well. That's not to, to abdicate our responsibility as the ones who have to come up with the solution. Like, you know, our our creative people, our strategic people, they need to they need to come up with with the, the strategies and the creative work that is ultimately going to be you know viable by the client. But it doesn't mean that that we can't pull our clients into those. You know, there's stuff that, that our clients sort of you know that our clients are privy to that that may not make it onto the page of a brief, but in the in the process of a discussion around the strategy on a wall or some work on a page that we're talking through, it actually just ignites little thoughts in their head, but equally in ours. And I think those conversations, you know, my experience probably in the last sort of five or six years, certainly those conversations are the most, um, are the most sort of rich, um, certainly have the most potency to create the best work. Um, you know, it's, it, it's not realistic to think that we can take a brief, go away, develop an idea and then bring it back and have every single, you know, I dotted and every T crossed. I think the, the point I made earlier as well around around the, the job of the agency, it's really important for us to also remember though, and I think, you know, taking collaboration on the wrong journey um, is <laughs> when you bring the client in and you almost make the, the, the challenge all, all theirs as well. You know, they're going to help you write it. They're going to help do all the work. It's like at some point they need to go away. We need to remember that part of their job is, is what we do with them. Another whole part of their job is stuff that we don't even see. It's, it's price, it's product, um, it's dealing with internal stakeholders at their end. Like there's lots of stuff that is not necessarily the direct agency sort of remit. 
So, you know, we can't burden them with every single bit of the solution, but certainly bringing them in in the right parts of that, of that discussion, from my experience, has just made the work um, a whole lot better and certainly made the ability to buy that work um, a whole lot easier as well. Yep. Yeah, no, I remember being in, in, in many sessions when we would bring in, you know, some of our banking clients or our automotive clients throughout the creative process and you would leave there were moments where you would leave going, we have to rethink this. Or there were moments where you're like, we're on the right track with, this is the direction we need to run in. Right. We feel like we've, we've hit the nail on the head here and both tracks, you know, rightly or wrongly <laughs> yeah. would benefit or uh, send us down the wild goose chase. But um, yeah, I think that buy-in is the main reason for collaboration. Um, yeah, totally. Buy-in. Yep. And the shape of the work has changed dramatically too. It's not like, you know, they're just, you know, helping you build a brand platform. It's like all the different touch points now of how that creative idea is going to be deployed to market is all up for grabs. Mm. Um, and the you, you also kind of say that the work that creatives do should be unpredictable. Um, I'd love to hear from you around how the the messaging of communication is starting to change the medium of the way work is being executed is changing and some of the work that you've done in your time around creating some of the most iconic partnerships uh, for some of the brands um i'd love some examples of the work yeah certainly i think um yeah i, I definitely am a am a believer and a true believer that, you know, that the shape of our work, um, you know, there's, there's great opportunity in that to change the shape of the work we do. You know, I still, I still think that there's a, you know, the, the moving image is still a powerful, um, powerful sort of, uh, um, sort of draw on, on humans and, you know, telling stories through, through the moving image and through, you know, things like TVs is still very powerful where we're such a visual sort of, you know, such a visual sort of um, uh, beast, but, there's also a huge opportunity for us to to reshape that as well and actually make make communications look different feel different you know touch people in a different way you know when we talk about experiences you know tv's tv's great and moving image and telling a story like that is great but if you can actually make someone sort of feel something physically as well so whether that's through you know activation and uh, and you know pr how do, how do we show up in those areas i think is is a really interesting um, uh, way for us to to think about what, what is the shape of the work? What sort of work do we want to be famous for? What sort of work do our clients want to be famous for? Should they be famous for? So, you know, one of the one of the great things that that you know I'm fortunate to to lead DDB Melbourne um, is that we have uh, Mango, which is a PR and um, earned media um, agency, and you know the, certainly the work that that they do is is right in that wheelhouse. It's you know it's taking taking ideas and actually going and touching people with them, um, you know, out on the, out on the streets um, in many instances. So I think that's an interesting sort of play, you know, there's data and, and digital certainly, you know, being, being able to create, um, you know, tactile and, and utility as well, I think is an interesting, a different mm-hmm. way for us to think about communications, you know, how does a brand actually make something and make an experience better for you? Um, you know, that's takes it another step further than just a, just a television ad. Again, not 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 denigrating TV. I think TV is still an extremely powerful medium, but it just takes it on the next journey. I think you know what we were saying earlier around there's so many so many media channels or touch points that we now need to talk about. 
I think we're sort of sport for choice and that's why I think it's it's so important that we have a really clear idea of, of what 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 does the brain want to do what's what's yep. the objective that they that they want to sort of uh, that they want to strive for and then how do we best line up um, you know that that brand to, to succeed so you know thinking about not just thinking about the the customer journey or the consumer sort of journey but thinking more about where does that brand want to go like the, I think the power of, of, of um, advertising particularly has has been lost in many ways like they you know we talk about um, what does a consumer want and I think that's important experience and you know showing up for the consumer is important but also we need to remember that for, for many decades you know our our business has also helped shape culture and help shape the things that, that people want and you know I'm not just talking about you know um, you know sugary drinks or, or um, you know or lollies and things like that but whilst they've been you know important important from a commerce point of view talking about changing behavior and we've you know as, as an industry advertising's helped do that. Yeah. So, you know, coming back to shape of ideas that help, again, ignite a, ignite a change, ignite a behaviour change or an action change in, in people, I think, is, is what the, the work needs to be thinking about. Yeah, the t- tapping into those trends and changing culture was definitely something that, that, that I, I, I definitely would say I miss it, mate. Like, I miss that was the part of agency which really resonated with me yeah. is tapping into those movements that were happening at any point in time um not just a social cause but something as as gimmicky as a fidget spinner right how can a brand tap into the fact that people get fidgety and they use these cheap two dollar spinners in their hands and what what can a brand do to you know to to take into that moment right or whatever it might be and i think um some of the some of the best work we did was really honing in on on changing the medium you speak about utility if you look mm. at what Combank has done through hardship right now, yeah, they've have looked at their mobile in- engagement and basically created a rebate section for their customers. You know, search here for coupons that are available for you to get rebates, and there's coupons from thousands of cus- of companies, whether it be your groceries, whether it be your, your, your um, electricity, whether it be whatever, and they you get the cash back Im- immediately into your into your credit card. Yeah. A idea that was underpinned by the philosophy of their brand value, which was helping people do more with their money. And one of the the communications, which I think uh, it's been highlighted in our industry for quite some time, um, was the idea of um, Graham, right? Which, which from yeah. Clemenger, one of the the briefs that they got proposed was. Uh, it was about TAC from memory. I'd love to get your thoughts on that piece of work and just explain to how it wasn't an ad, but how powerful this creation and this campaign was and how it's being used today. Yeah. Uh, again, I only know this sort of um, uh, anecdotally from the, you know, mm. from the people that worked on it and certainly, um, you know, a few of them I know very well. So, you know, they just tell the story of, you know, it came from a, from a discussion that was, I think, being had with a, a trauma surgeon and um you know i think the the comment that he made i think the planner at the time um grabbed hold of was um you know the uh the human body would have been designed very differently if it was uh you know if it was to survive um a car crash at you know 100 kilometers an hour like or if, or if we were to travel in a car that was traveling at 100 kilometers an hour you would have designed the human body very differently 
I think that that is a little insight or a little sort of spark went, wow, okay, well, how would that, how would that show up as a, as a piece of communication? How could we tell, you know, how could we tell the audience that your body wasn't designed to go at hundred kilometers an hour, um, uh, let alone, you know, not wearing a seatbelt, not doing all the things that, you know, that we try to recommend people do when they get into a, you know, into a car that's capable of doing those sorts of speeds. So it was just, it was interesting that then, what came out of it was was more of a was more of an experience. It was it was a, a way to show to bring that that you know what probably for the for the trauma surgeon was a was a, not a throwaway line, but certainly a line that he probably used a thousand times before. You know, he sees it every day. He repairs these bodies that are both broken and twisted and busted because of you know because of car trauma. Collision. Yeah, collision. So like it, I think it was a really interesting one. I remember seeing it. And this is one of the other great things when you when you um, when you see work from other, you know, either from your own agency, your own people, and you just you go, wow, did we just do this? But equally, when you see work from you know from one of the other agencies or one of the other teams, um, and you know, we we we're very much we're very competitive. We 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 we're all in the want same. To do the best work. Yeah, we, yeah, we all want to do. We all want to fight for the same clients and same pictures. But when you see work, the um, uh, the magnitude of Graham uh, for TAC. You just you you sort of there's a combination of of like huge jealousy. You go, damn, I wish I'd done that. But there's actually just a huge pride as well in going, wow. See, this is what this is what we do. This is the power of, of our industry to, yeah. to to create um you know to create ideas to create um, initiatives that that just change the way people think, change the way we all behave. Like that's that's, that's the shock. Power. That's the shock factor and the power. Yeah, that's the power of this industry and what we do. Mm. And that's you know that's the bit that. You know, every morning I wake up. That's what I want to, you know, continue to try and and, and to achieve and, and help our people achieve is um, is that level of, of creativity. Because you know, things like Graham, you know, I probably I think I think about the the work that um, you know again another great Melbourne agency in McCann um, did around uh, dumb ways to die for uh, oh yeah, fantastic Melbourne trains. Like I think you know when you see work like that, there's it's if you don't feel that huge sense of jealousy but also a huge sense of pride and just wow how did they do that that's amazing then i don't know i think there's something dead in you with uh, with regard to your place in the industry i think you know we can all see those ideas and see the merit and to see um yeah see the, the power of them so yeah yep. it's pretty the, cool the physical element of that campaign actually creating that human sculpture yeah. even right. some of the work that you know your agency's done with the you know i think grave the grave of thrones right yeah, during right. The, yeah, yeah. the big yeah. game of thrones release that you that's right for foxtel yeah yeah i, I think again like creating experiences you know i know that mm. you know probably eight or nine years ago we um we did something similar for for nissan um nissan was bringing out the first um electric full electric um ev electric vehicle and uh oh, yes for the leap and you know the 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 proposition or the you know the idea that this was going to be a full electric car was put to the creative team and they came back with one very simple line just imagine a world without petrol and that then gave birth to um, us taking uh, disused pe uh, petrol pumps and creating something that was useful in them so whether that be a, a london style um, telephone booth or uh, you know a barber's chair and uh, and you know, barber's seat 
Um, it was a, there was one that was a Zoltar, which would give you out a you know you would read you know, Zoltar would sort of come to life and he'd uh, he'd give you a uh, um, your uh, your horoscope um, <laughs> fiction. You know, if you put twenty cent, like we just we had some fun with it, but we also you know we also created an experience where people remembered it um, and remembered the idea that you know that in a world without petrol, what were we going to do with the pet with the Great petrol question. pump? Great so yeah, I think I think there's just yeah there's there's more there's more creativity in us. And I think we need to, you know, continue to do things like, you know, the, the guys at Cleminger did and, uh, and, you know, just be really curious and listen, listen for those little, you know, um, those little moments that, that happened that no one else would hear, but we hear them. We go, what am I going to do with that piece of information? You know, I'm all, that's why I'm such a great, um, a great supporter and great pusher of, um, you know, walking the corridors of, of my clients and our clients' business. Like I think, you know, being in there, being in their shoes, being in their environment, hearing it, hearing that the, you know, the challenges, the opportunities that they face every day, I think is a really important part of, of getting to know, um, know the brands we work on, but also being useful and actually creating, you know, creating useful sort of um, opportunities for, yep. for our clients and for our, for our agencies. Yep. Yeah. And it's, your, it's, it's, that's right. It's your job to then also find parallels of your clients, brands and other, like another kind of mediums or partnerships they could also operate in. Yeah. Um, and one of the the best pieces of work that I saw that came out of TBWA during your time there was the the work that ANZ did with Dylan Alcott and yeah. Tennis Australia. Yeah, definitely. And yeah, I think yeah that that was you know that was pretty. If you'd um, you know, and I remember um, Paul. Uh, reading and I was sort of you know talking about it at one stage and I, I was sort of said to him I think I'm just amazed that you know you'd, you'd never see you never imagine to see that um, you know Nike and uh, and Dylan would sort of come together in this amazing collaboration and you know on so many levels like it was great I think Dylan even sort of said in some of his you know in some of his um, commentary when it was all happening like you know, you just didn't see kids like him on on TV. Just disabled disabled people were just not yep. were not a thing. You didn't see them. They were sort of you know it was hidden. And you know to imagine that a kid you know when he was a kid like that he would grow up and be a, a world champion, multi world champion um, mm-hmm. you know, over, over many years, and you know have a shoe um, by Nike named you know named after him. It's, it's just it's awesome. Like that's that's the power of again the power of creativity to to do something that you just would never have imagined possible, but someone did imagine it possible and yep. someone pushed for it and got it, got it to happen. And, you know, so for brands like Nike, for brands like ANZ, like it's a, it's a, it's a great, it's a great um, demonstration of how um, mutual benefit and partnership can, can have a really um, long lasting and powerful effect on, on all of us. Like it's, you know, that's my kids who are in wheelchairs who have, you know, similar um, physical disability challenges to Dylan, just reassess their place in the world and go, you know what, if Dylan can do it, maybe I can do it. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I think that the power of that, again, as a as an agency bringing that idea to a client or a group of clients and saying, if we did this, we could actually make a real dent on the, on the world. I think that's, yeah, it's pretty cool. That piece, of, that piece of work popped up on my LinkedIn and then did the rounds on social media and uh, I got jealous mate I was like god that I would have loved to have worked on that campaign and I spoke to I think I, I sent an Instagram message to Maddie Stoddart straight after it going you and Paul Arena would be so proud <laughs> yeah. this piece of work 
Yes is what you hope for, right? Yeah. So we talk about the people um, in agencies and how obviously a a huge part, right, is around the culture, around the people. And you also say it's how we show up. What what example as, you know, you set a great example, actually, from my memory at TBWA as, as, as a leadership team, but what example do you think should be set for people in the agency and what sort of skill sets how is it going to change now in a, in a COVID post COVID world? Yeah, I, I think um, I think definitely. You know, you talk about um, how do you, how do you show up? Like, um, I'm a great believer in in that that line. How do you show up? It's how you show up. And I, you know, as, again, I say this to my kids. It's one of the most important things I reckon a life lesson you could ever have is just you know think about how you show up to school. When you get up in the morning and you come down to the to the breakfast table, just think about how you show up, how you're showing up. And I think, as as a leader, um, you know, in in agencies, there's there's a big part for our, our leaders to play in that in that idea of showing up. There isn't a, a them and us mentality. Certainly not with me. Like I've always, I would never ask someone to do something that I wouldn't do myself. And I, I think you that that idea of, of show up and and putting your best self forward. Is, is critically important and never more so than, than during COVID. You know, I think, um, you know, I've, I've, I think, been fortunate to have led um, agencies um, where culture was a really important part of, of, of how we showed up every day. And whether that was the, the management team or whether that was just the agency in general, there was a, there was a sort of, you know, just an understanding that, you know, we'd, we'd turn up and we'd give our best and we'd do our best. And, COVID, I think, really um, for those, you know, I know there's other other businesses that mates of mine that are in similar situations where, when um, you know, when the tough gets going, when the when it going gets tough, the tough get going. And I think you know, COVID was an example of that, where you've got strong cultures, where you've got um, you know, you've got structures and and people in place that trust each other, that know how each other work, but have also got each other's back. Um, I think that during COVID was, was brought to the fore. And, you know, when people needed, you know, needed help or they were feeling low or there was, you know, the lockdown was just particularly in Melbourne was really getting to them. Um, They had, they had somewhere to go. They had somewhere to turn. They had a, they had an ability to be able to, you know, lean on their leaders or lean just on their peers. And I think that for me has, has been a really, um, you know, it's been a a really um, a great thing to see um, culture and, and our people come come to um, you know come to life uh, I think the presence of, of you know the physical presence um, or lack thereof of COVID and how we continue to work um, also just demonstrated a fair bit of grit and determination in, in the teams that I've um, been fortunate to lead so um, I think how will that how will that change um, the way that we that we that we work going forward I think there'll be a lot of change. I think that physical sort of, you know, do we need to be in the office every day? Maybe not, but I think what what the office represents, we need to we need to be much more mindful of. We need to think about, you know, what were the things that we really missed about not going to the office during COVID? You know, it's when you take it's not until you take something away that you realize how much you missed it. And I think for me, I definitely think the, you know, the collaboration, the the social interaction, the being able to sort of eyeball someone to be able to disagree or, you know, vehemently disagree, but also passionately agree and, and being able to see that sort of emotional transfer between two people or, or a group of people, I think is a bit that we need to we need to hold dearly. And so, yeah, for mine, that's certainly at, at you know, DDB, 
group in Melbourne and you know that we you know, talk about in Sydney as well like the, the that will be a critical part of, of how we go forward we can't lose that that's that's what makes us different to um, some of the competitive threats that are out in the market yeah it's an the nine to five may not be the same but you definitely need those those especially you talk about collaboration integration those workshop environments those in the office experiences and those moments are so important to continue yeah totally some of the yeah best the, I think yeah yeah, that's how, how we how we use the space is, is now going to be. And it's not just the physical space, it's also the mental space. Like how do we use the idea that, that someone has, you know, has driven into the office or they've caught a tram or a train or ridden their bike into the office? What what do we want that um, that office experience to represent? Like what is it, what is it there to do? Like it, it shouldn't just be he came to work or she came to work, therefore they, they, they worked, mm. but it's just physically being somewhere doesn't, you know, I've, you know, again, we've all worked with lots of people who are, who are high performing, you know, overachievers. They do more in a day than most would do in a month. We've also worked with people who do um, as much in a month um, as, you know, some people will do <laughs> in a year. <laughs> and those, those people are the ones that come to work. Yeah, sure. They come to work every day and yet they tick the box of they came but did they actually do anything? And I think yeah. so for mine, that's that's also another question of like, how do we make sure that we're we're performing at the highest level we can? And so that's that's not just for the individual to sort out, that's actually for you know for their leaders and, and their, you know, right. their, their their employers to to help them and facilitate that sort of output. So yeah, there'll be a, there'll be a big there'll be a big sort of focus on that, I think, across all businesses in, into the you know the next sort of 12 or 18 months for sure. Yep. Yeah. You know, you think of, you know, you think of uh, the, the changes in agencies and, and the changes in just business in, in, in totality, right? The way things have changed in the last 12 months. One thing that I think has been misconstrued is um, in particular uh, agencies is, you know, creative agencies is the important, well, they say, you know, are you a data agency? you know, are you a technology agency, you know, creative is agnostic to that, right? Advertising agencies is agnostic to that. This is something I kind of, I feel really passionate about, but just because, you know, you don't get data sent to you from a spreadsheet by a client doesn't mean you're a data, you're a data agency, right? It's Mm -hmm. every insight, every piece of research, every piece of idea is backed by data. Every result is backed by data. And it's just, uh, I, I'm, I'm thinking as we've been talking and, you know, you speak a lot about integration and collaboration and uh, trying to solve problems. The essence of create of agencies is probably now more important than ever. Yeah. Um, and harnessing that and, and creating a, a really strong culture within a business and having the right clients. So I'm really, I mean, I'm looking forward to seeing the work you do at DDB. Um, I, uh, I, I think they've got a good one in you, mate. So looking continually watching your journey but before we end today's session i've got two more final questions for you yeah i promise i'll uh, let you go back to cleaning the pool mate um, <laughs> uh, what oh. is <laughs> what is what is one skill that you think marketers need to take away based on everything that we've discussed today um i think i think partnership is a is a really critical one um you know, I've I've been very fortunate to have had um, some amazing partnerships um, during my my sort of career, and uh, and they've been the ones that have been the most fruitful um, 
personally, you know, for, for, for all involved, but also professionally. And I think the the work and the effect the work's had is, is you know, has is, is been better for it because of that partnership. And I think through partnership, it comes, um, you know, comes things like trust, um, you know, collaboration then is at the heart of that as well. Um, I think transparency, just really making <clears throat> making those those all of those interactions actually mean something. But for for me, that that's something that I'm seeing, you know, not often, but certainly it's starting to, to sort of creep in. There is a there is a sort of um, uh, master servant um, mentality that can creep into to some of the work and some of the things that that you know agencies do. And I, you know, I certainly hear my my peers talk about it. Um, on differing sort of scales and levels um, about you know their respective clients. So I think I think if if we were if we had um, a, more of a partnership mentality, I think that um, that would be much better. And that's not just to say that it's all on the marketers either, because I think I think agency and agency leaders also need to have a partnership mentality. Mm-hmm. Um, they need to understand, as I said earlier, that they can't be everything to everybody. Um, they need to understand where they are really strong, and they put that absolutely forward and say we will do this for you and we will do it you know an amazing job of it but they also need to be in the true sense of partnership honest and say you know what that's actually not our core skill and we could probably get some people in and work a way to do it if we if we all want to sort of hold hands and do this together or i think maybe we should you know work on who who could we bring into this into this sort of team that we could have help us uh, um, do that better, you know, from, from an external partner point of view. So again, I think partnership is a two-way street. It's it's sort of it's definitely earned both ways. Um, yeah, I think that's yeah. that's probably the, the big one for me. Yeah, backed in trust. And I think yeah. transparency and trust. Like, couldn't yeah. agree more, mate. Um, yeah. The last one that we have is it wouldn't be a marketing podcast without buzzwords and buzzword bingo. Yeah. As we round out 2020, mate, what has been your favourite word for 2020? Oh. Buzzword. Buzzword, yeah. Um, I think it'd have to be together. <laughs> everyone's everyone's talking about together. Not so much now, but certainly in the depths of, uh, of COVID here in Australia. And certainly, you know, it's, it was it was the thing that, that uh, kept a lot of people going in fairness. But, yeah. This idea of togetherness, you know, we saw it in brands, you know, from beer brands to chocolate brands to, you know, banks to cars, and then government was all over. It's like, you know, we're together on this. It's like, <laughs> yeah, well, we are and we aren't. Like, you know, there's yeah. certain parts of this together thing which I, I buy, but then there's also part of it that I go, yeah, it doesn't feel very together when I'm locked in my home for seven or eight months. <laughs> so um, it doesn't feel like you're on my side here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, no, it's yeah. yeah. That's probably the one for me that uh, that sticks out the most. That and uh, and uh, I think uh, the, the phrase "moving forward." I think that oh, is, yeah. uh, that's another uh, another favorite. But yeah, definitely together. Yeah, you're um, not in this. You're not doing this. Uh, you're not dealing with this by yourself. We're in this together. I, yeah, I think I can together. hear the tagline uh, yeah. with the with the like a fifty year old man's croaky voice over the background. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that's close. Certainly, certainly by about um, the fifth month of lockdown with my family of wife and three kids and a dog. Um, whilst I loved there's bits of COVID which I absolutely loved. And I think you know the the time we spent together was awesome. <laughs> the the amount of together time we had, I think for all of us in different ways, was um was uh yeah, it was enough to not have as much together time um in 2021. Go back to a little bit of of our own um space, the kids included. I think more so the kids than uh, than my wife and I. Um, I think the kids definitely want their own space so that mum and dad aren't just constantly hovering <laughs> over them. 
Oh yeah, 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 yeah. My son, the moment daycare opened up, um, was sad to go. But I tell you what, when he came home, he couldn't wait to go back the next day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm the same. I just want daycare to open up again so I can go. But daycare, I mean work. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> so, yeah, it feels like that too. Hey, Napa, um, thanks so much for your time, mate. I think uh, you've given me a really good insight into some of the work that's going to be coming out of, of DDB, but more importantly, um, the importance of agencies going back, to, you know, sounds like going back to their grassroots, but being so cognizant of how mediums and messages of partnerships and collaboration is going to be a big part of the agencies moving forward. So thank you so much, mate. I really appreciate your time. Pleasure, mate. Good to chat with you, Billy. Take care, mate. See you, buddy.